everyone, welcome back to the latest episode of the Onigiri and Co podcast. I'm super, super excited today, to be honest. Uh, I've been fangirling like slightly before we started recording, I have to admit. I am with my usual co-host, Lexi. Hi. And our guest today is the one and only Joshua Bardwell. Hi, how are you? Yeah, good to be here. <laughs> it's really good to have you here. Yeah, I think Thank Onigiri you. wanted you on the uh, podcast for like a couple of months and then she was like, Lexi, message him. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I, I, it was in my place and, you know, I was like, I don't know how to say that. And you guys have met in real life several times at least. It's true. Haven't have. you? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Twice. I've met you. I, uh, we, I saw you at Rampage. Where else have I seen you? Where else um, have we met? IO. IO 2019. Mm. That was the no, first time I'm we sorry, actually met where, in person. That's where we met. Yeah. It wasn't Rampage, it was met. IO. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Well, I've followed you, uh, you know, cl- pay close attention to your career, uh, you know, as time has gone. And that sounds creepy. No. <laughs> <laughs> you said career. It's not like you said, you know, like your Instagram or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. that's, that's fine. <laughs> um, well, I, I assume it. everybody in the audience um, knows you. Like, it would be weird. Um, but... I still wanted to to hear from you in your own words how you would describe yourself um, as a as a pilot as a person if you had to introduce yourself. I mean, when people ask what I do for a living, I say uh, I make videos about drones on YouTube, and I say that because that's the answer that's both true but also calculated to create the maximum amount of confusion. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know that, so that's accurate. Um, I make educational content. I'm a pilot too. I often, I probably don't think of myself first and foremost as a pilot um, because, you know, most of what I do is making content, educational content, reviews, um, and just thinking about what kind of content people want to see. In some ways, flying feels self-indulgent, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and making content for other people to view seems better i don't know mm-hmm. that's the right way to put okay. it okay interesting so what's the percentage of flying you think you do compared with the percentage of recording and sharing your knowledge oh i mean percentage wise it's probably really small because i'm like every day um, making content you know that's just my job so uh you know if i get out to fly two or three times a week that's a really good week you know maybe once mm-hmm. a week for a couple hours but like you know it's all day, every day, in some in wow. some ways, making the content. Do you actually yeah. think that making the content is making you uh, not be able to actually go out and fly, and then you're kind of like done with your work, and you're like, I don't want to do anything? Um, I think that there's probably some truth to that. Um, there's probably some truth to that. And, you know, the flip side is that it gives me the freedom if I I think it's a mental thing, because when I do get out to fly, I really enjoy it. Mm. You know, um, I never I never don't enjoy flying once I actually go do it. But, but the problem um, is with going. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you just you, you finish work and then you're like, what am I going to do? So the way to work around that is to make going to fly part of work. Right. (laughs) I have to make, but then every time I'm flying, I have to be making content, which then in some ways takes the fun out of it. So Mm. it's a, there's a lot of give and take, I would say. Hmm. And do you usually fly by yourself when you, when you go fly? Yeah, for sure. 
just at my yeah, house okay. mostly. I need to get out more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was more Don't like curious. I, I I find I found it difficult to fly by myself. Mm-hmm. I always I'm a bit like this this uh, you know seventy years old grandpa who go to the airstrip to fly their RC planes. If I don't have my mates to talk shit with, no, you're <laughs> like, right about what's that. What's the point? <laughs> that actually flying afraid. with other people makes you so much better because you yeah. they they push you. Sorry, Lexi. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I'm actually, I was talking with uh, a couple of other creators here that were asking me like, oh, why won't you go and fly FPV in the touristy places by yourself? And I was like, well, I have goggles on my face. If someone comes and touches me, I'm going to lose it. And mm-hmm. going, too. going out to fly by myself is actually really scary for me because I'm like, I'm not sure what's going to happen. And I have goggles on my face and then I cannot do anything. Yeah, I had mm. a... I had a situation where there was a really cool construction site hmm. and they didn't even have fences or signs. Oh, you so know? It's asking for so it. it was like, okay, I could hit this <laughs> site, but it was right next door to a, a shopping area and there was a lot of traffic. There was no traffic on the construction site, you know, because it was a Sunday or whatever. And I thought it would be completely safe to fly, but the idea that someone might come confront me or have a problem, I just didn't feel comfortable with it. And uh, yeah. I ended up not doing it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it. It can be scary depending on. It, it, there's different different factors. Yeah. There's also like, what if there's a, like a dog? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it sounds yeah. stupid, but yeah. I'm always scared. Like if I'm landing, um, and and there's a dog walkers, and sometimes dogs are off leash. Uh, I'm like, what if what if I land and I heard a dog and um right because that was something that was happening a lot to one of my favorite spots but at the time i was flying with people and then i, I stopped when they all stopped flying because I, I i know a few pilots who you know moved on in life and stopped flying and i'm like ah i would love to go back there but it's so busy mm-hmm. um or yeah. even like a small kids on the bike or whatever something yeah. you might not see when you're landing no you gotta you gotta i, I really feel like it's important to pick the spots. Like if I could have found a spot where I felt like I was away from everybody and like mm. I would I would be fine with flying and people would go, oh, where's that drone coming from? But if they can see and where I'm at and maybe come come up and make trouble, I didn't, I didn't like that idea. Um, yeah. If it's going to be super busy though, like parks and stuff, yeah. I mean, I would probably just not fly that area. But yeah. if you're yeah. going to fly it, you definitely need people to help spot for you. At least I think so. Like, yeah. Last year, I was uh, I was glad that uh, one of my good friends moved to to uh, Melbourne from South Australia. Lexi has met him, and and we could oh, yes. finally fly together again. And um, we decided to go fly on the beach one day, which which can be busy around Melbourne. But we were like, we're gonna pick a strip of beach where, you know, there's not too many people, and you're gonna spot for me. And we're not going to push our luck. We're going to do the runs we need to do. And then we, we land, you know, we don't want any trouble with, with locals and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So did that. Then I was quite happy because I was testing some stabilization uh, softwares. Uh, I wanted to see how it behaves on the wind, in the wind, you know, at the beach. So mm-hmm. I did that. And then in my Instagram caption, I just said, oh, look at my spotter uh, in the corner of the video or something like that. Like just mentioning him for fun because he was just like appearing in the corner of the video. And someone commented something like, uh, oh, uh, if you want to see OG video without spotters, come on my account or something like that. Come visit my account. Like prete- like uh, implying that right. having a spotter is not cool or something like that. Right. And I'm like, this, this is shit behavior. Like, yeah. It's not fun. No. <laughs> it's this just because the, the FAA... Re- 
requires spotters that then people think you're like, you know, if you have a spotter, then you must have sold out or be a, you know, a sheep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it's it's heaps better, uh, especially in like busy environment. And you are going to the beach where people are not expecting to have a, a thing buzzing around them, I, you know, and stuff like that. Like I have to, yeah. can, I have to ask. I have to ask. So you you I sound like you have a French accent. Is am I right about mm. that? But when you say <laughs> Melbourne and beach. <laughs> You have an Australian <laughs> accent. Do you know that? <laughs> I have a weird mix of accents where some words are slightly. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird accent. I agree. It was it, it I... was blowing my mind because you, you you completely shifted to Australian accent, and I was like, that doesn't go. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm sorry. I had to. Uh, that's funny. You're that's changing. funny you say that because. Yeah, when when I speak to my friend friends from France, uh, they always make fun of how I say okay now. Because mm -hmm. in France, when you say okay, you say okay. Mm -hmm. It's very you know abrupt. Mm -hmm. And and every time I say okay, they're like okay. <laughs> they're like oh, come on. <laughs> well, the French are not uh, sticklers about pronunciation, so you'll be alright. Really, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, if you want to um, hear a really nice French accent from Noelle, just go to the older videos because your accent changed right. dramatically. Yeah. I think it has changed. People used to, to pick on it and were like, oh, it's so funny how you say camera, because I was saying camera mm -hmm. <laughs> and things like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's it's changing heaps. And Have you been to Australia, Joshua? I know it's not FPV related, but... <laughs> I was in Sydney a long, long time ago. Um, I went mm. to Singapore actually for a business thing. And then while I was in Singapore, we went to Sydney which is not that far from Singapore. Mm. Uh, you're already yeah. halfway, halfway around the world. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I spent some time in Sydney, um, but it was so long ago. Mm. So that was prior, older FPV stuff. Mm -hmm. Long before like. that, yeah. Okay. Well, actually, how, how did you start all of this? <laughs> all of it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, my first RC aircraft was an airplane that my uncle gave me when I was like 14. Um, and I, uh, I fail safed it and I, I flew it for a while. I don't know how mm -hmm. long, but eventually I fail safed it. It crashed in the woods and I never saw it again. And that was oh, the wow. end of that. Um, and then, uh, uh, some, you know, 10 years ago, eight years ago, a friend of mine got a DJI Phantom and I thought it was the coolest thing. I just couldn't believe it. It was so much easier to fly than like the airplane and you could hover and you could, it was just so cool. And yeah. uh, that got me back into RC. I actually didn't get a multi-rotor because I thought they were too expensive. I built planes and then eventually got back into FPV and multi-rotors, probably through flight, flight test, I would mm -hmm. guess. And yep. a little bit rotor, a little bit through Rotor Riot and Sharpoo. Um, and, uh, you know, started making videos and eventually here I am. Yeah. But, but um, how did you fi find um, your way into your, the type of video you were going to make? Like, were you like, oh, I, I'd rather share all the knowledge I have because I have mm -hmm. it already? And no. was that? No. Okay. So you no, I didn't have the knowledge you were like, sure. I'm going to set up a YouTube channel. Well, I had a YouTube channel, but it was just my personal channel. I don't know. Right. You know, I had a Google account, so I had a YouTube channel, right? Mm. And I just had, if you, you know, I, I privated all these videos, uh, but if you go back to before 2014, you know, there's mm. just videos of my kids and, you know, my, my dog, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I, but I was an instructor at the time. I was a classroom instructor, a corporate classroom instructor. 
mm-hmm. and I um, I did a lot of courseware development, and and mm-hmm. so I found that th- they would say to me, "Hey, we need you to write a class about X, right?" And I would have to learn this new technology and write a class about it, and so That's I cool. the way that I sort of learned about new topics, I was primed to do that by organizing it, you know, and then sort of teaching it. Um, obviously mm-hmm. I didn't go from like just zero and then here I'm a teacher, you know, but you have to start from somewhere. And mm-hmm. so I found that process to be a great way to understand a new topic. So when I started learning about like uh, PID tuning and the PID controller, um, I immediately started making slides, make, you know, and, and I uploaded these PowerPoint slides to uh, RC groups and no yeah. one, no one, they got no traction. So I started making some videos explaining it instead. And that was sort of the start. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. That's great. You know what? What has always uh, amazed me is that um, I have to admit something. I don't always. I don't watch your YouTube channel like people. You know, they're gonna watch every video you publish and things yeah, like no. that. I'm mm-hmm. a bit selfish. I'm the kind of um, audience that goes when I have my question. And, mm-hmm. But what amazed me is that there's never been a question I've had that you haven't answered. And I'm like, how does he know that I was gonna need exactly this? I'll tell you how I know. It's that, that, you know, 17 other people ask that same question. So I get get 50 to 100 emails a day. Um, Not every single one of those is a brand new question. Some of them are continuations of previous conversations, but I spend a lot of time with people asking me questions. And so I feel like I have a pretty good uh, sense of what people are struggling with. Like right now, people are struggling with uh, OSD on digital systems like the O3, the Vista, the go- DJI goggles. They are struggling with getting that working. And I don't know why. I mean, that's not a, like a new feature that just started existing, but that's a thing people need help with. So I think you know, there's just a lot of new pilots. Yeah, I think they're that new. Are joining, yeah, and they are just getting stuff that was, you know, ready to fly stuff from iFlight and things like this, mm-hmm. and they come with DJI. So then you have a lot of people that didn't really have any experience with FPV before, but they find your videos, so they ask you the question. I would guess that this is the case. Yeah, and and things like WTFOS are fairly new, so people are mm. like, oh, I want to root my goggles and try and get that working. Betaflight 4.4 changed some of the functionality, so some of the older tutorials don't work. The bottom line is there are these pain points, and uh, if I just pay attention to my inbox, then eventually I can figure out what those pain points are, and then hopefully make a video, and then get this reputation for how did he know I was going to ask this. I mean, yeah, yeah, wow, that 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 answered my question because uh, last time I watched um, uh, a video because I needed a question was something about I think it was with my radio uh, I couldn't calibrate it properly it wasn't g- my sticks were not going exactly mm-hmm. how it, they were meant to be and I'm like this is so dumb should I even Google it because I don't know if Joshua is gonna even you know try to explain something silly and I was like ah oh, let's just YouTube it and you had it and I'm like wow okay <laughs> like, well, this is insane. there's a real challenge because you put out a video like that and it's a simple video and for the people who have that problem, it's going to be extremely useful. Like if you're yeah. struggling with that issue, then I just saved your day. But only so many people are going to have that problem. So there's a struggle mm-hmm. because you want to put out videos that get good analytics. You want you want to see the view count mm-hmm. go up. That feels really good when a video gets 50, 80, 100,000 views. But then you put out these other little videos. They're not going to get a lot of views. 
but yeah you know that's super super useful it. yeah so again would that be worth utilizing the the way youtube is changing these days and sorting out some small questions in like short content and things like that have you mm. So I, I tried I tried making uh, TikTok content. So TikTok is not exactly shorts, but um, mm. I don't think it's well suited to this kind of content um, because you you could put it in shorts, but it doesn't feel like that style of content is optimized for searching and finding an answer to a specific question. Especially because you need to fit it in, let's say, one to three minutes, depending on your platform. And it's very mm -hmm. difficult to do that. But even if you can fit it in one minute, that when you're, when you're consuming that type of content, I don't think, for the most part, you're searching for a specific answer to a specific question. Mostly what they want you to do and how they design their platform is you're just swiping, right? They want mm. you to just get sucked in and swipe. And the problem is if I make a video saying, hey, here's how to calibrate your gimbals. If you're swiping, swipe it. you don't you don't care about that. In that moment, you don't need that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it doesn't That's feel like point. that kind of content is well suited. Mm. Mm. I, I was genuinely asking because I, I am not really a, a short or, you know, TikTok consumer. I, I don't think I have an extraordinary attention span, but <clears throat> I still like sitting and, and watching nine minutes of content. Um, mm -hmm. And if I need to do something else, like it's gonna be Instagram, and on Instagram it's mostly like dog video. That, that's mm -hmm. that's what I do. But mm -hmm. uh, that's why I'm curious how people these days um, are trying to learn things. I'm like, are they also trying to learn things in like 30 seconds, or is it not happening? It's just mindless scrolling. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, very I'm curious. I I mean, <clears throat> I think that there is only so much learning you can do in that you know one to three minutes at a time. Uh, structure like I've mm -hmm. seen people who try to put educational content on shorts TikTok etc and there's all you just cannot go into very much depth in one minute and yeah. the entire uh, structure of the platform is that they're not going to want you to just go to the next video from this person and see stuff in like it drives me crazy when people say okay follow me in part two and i'm like how am i going to find part two it's, yeah, yeah that's so, so annoying yeah that's true yeah yeah but at the same so time i, I no, don't know i could to, be sorry it, 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 it'll always be somebody who says oh this new thing is bad and worse than the old thing and then they turn out to be wrong but it doesn't mm. seem like it's well suited to this kind of content yeah but okay. also i need to remember that generally it's hard to learn like a lot of people told me like, oh, I learned so much from TikTok. And I was like, okay, what did you learn? And they were like, uh, well, I saw this guy <laughs> doing something. And I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. because it's so much information. Your brain is just not sucking it in. You're like, yeah. oh, I need to do this receipt. I'm going to save it. And you never go back to it. So mm -hmm. that's another mm -hmm. thing that's kind of like, mm, not really sure. But at the same time, TikTok works way differently in China. So I wonder how they actually go through this there. Let's go to mm -hmm. China and just open yeah. TikTok. I mm. learn little tips from shorts or, or from TikTok. Like I learn, like uh, they'll be like, hey, like I learned recently that you can, there's a way that you can use a fence post driver 
to pull the fence post out when you're done. This is uh, <laughs> anyway. But I was like, I was, so I have a fence post driver. I've been driving <laughs> fence posts, and I I've had trouble pulling fence posts before. And I saw this mm. TikTok, and it's just like, yeah, you just put it up under here, and you pull like this. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like I remember <laughs> that. That kind of thing. That kind of thing can be useful. Like a quick tip. That yeah, can be useful. I was gonna say it's probably great for hacks and stuff like mm -hmm. that or yeah. even like um, products that can improve your your life mm -hmm. um, silly products like uh, I can't find one right now it's exactly what Lexi said but I'm sure I've exactly. ordered something after seeing it on TikTok and I'm like oh yeah I may as well get that it seems a lot easier and I'm using it you know so mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> Lexi are you considering short content because I know you have two YouTubes two YouTube channels for I'm your education because you do also yeah three, three. <laughs> damn what well podcast will have a separate one. <clears throat> oh, that's true are you gonna do shorts we'll for have the shorts yeah that's why I'm doing video because the guys here at the creator house made me realize that if you do podcast with the video then you can make a lot of short uh, shorts oh, 100%. and TikToks yeah. and Reels and then get audience for your general podcast. So that's why uh, we started the podcast doing videos. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, Joshua, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to have a podcast too. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Fun. Yeah, it's, it's great for that to be able to cut the stuff like this yeah, out so that's, and put it in. This is maybe something for us, Noelle. <laughs> Hear me maybe. out. Yeah. Season three with <clears> videos. <throat> I think so. I think we'll do that eventually, um, especially because myself, I consume a lot of podcast um, clips on, on Instagram as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so for this, it's perfect. And it allows you to, you know, get more audience because you cannot really the, get like promote your stuff on Spotify. But the yeah. other problem with that is that they, they make it very hard to uh, leave the platform which is oh, the, yeah. their goal, right? So on YouTube, yeah. you say, go down to the video description, I've got a link to whatever. Mm. But on mm -hmm. those, on these shorts platforms, they'll watch the podcast and then how do they get from there to find you on Spotify? It's not impossible, mm -hmm. but it's tricky. I'm yeah. gonna be saying, uh, just check the link in my bio and in my bio I have right. a link tree. So right. that's gonna that's be already it. like three but, steps removed, though, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I know that. Yeah, if you put a link in the description of the reel, well, cool. I'm not gonna copy it one by one because you right. cannot click it. It's annoying. Right. Yeah. So, so it's a shame. This makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Or the other, you know, you the can other, put it in stories too. The other thing is like YouTube. The 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 CPM on Shorts is preposterous low. It's so low. Mm. So like I've seen when they first started giving shorts access to the creator fund or whatever they call it. I was like, okay, oh. maybe we should try doing shorts. But then after the first month, people were getting maybe, a, you know, a million views and they get, you know, $200. I don't remember the exact number, but it was preposterous. <laughs> and I was like, there's no point in doing this for me. I, got I will make no money total. at this. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> shorts. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, no. 60 cents. Like, yeah, and it was like, uh, there's a lot of my shorts on um, YouTube that actually gain a lot of traction for some reason. Like the one that I made like one and a half year ago, uh, mm -hmm. that I'm, I'm flying a flying car, it gets like views all the time. And still I look mm -hmm. at my analytics and it says like, oh yeah, so uh, for out of shorts you got 50 cents. And I'm like, but this thing has like thousands of views by now. Like what is the mm -hmm. point? Yeah, what yeah. is the point, right? I don't yeah. know. I think that if you have a product that you can monetize, uh, like if you are trying to sell a product, then those views allow you to convert that. 
But if your goal is to get money off the views themselves, doesn't seem yeah. not not for yeah. somebody at my scale. You know, if you're yeah. Jake, if you're Jake Paul and you get fifty million views, <laughs> maybe it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Um, I, I uh, I'm I'm really bad with monetiz monetization, <clears throat> so I. Uh, I don't have knowledge on this, so <laughs> I trust you both when you said that this you can is buy bad. my book on Amazon <laughs> I can send it to you. Oh, yeah, Lexi has uh, yeah. a Lexi has an ebook. Yeah. And a course. And a course. And a course. <laughs> yeah, you're really good at uh, at doing all of this, so I think about, you know, this podcast how to I would just love <clears throat> this podcast to just uh be slightly more shared just because you know um for the sake of well, i think the people i have on the podcast or even when we do an episode alone with lexi it's it's good content it's you know <laughs> yeah, that's what i'm saying let's do a video <laughs> and then you have all of those little diamonds and gold nuggets that you can make a reel of like a 60 second yeah. conversation on something that's really important point and then you have it our little clips as well so hey season three incoming yeah. we found this software <laughs> <laughs> yeah, new goal. Well, I actually have an additional question for Joshua. Um, yes. What were you doing? Uh, you said it a little bit before in my previous question, but before you became the Joshua Badwell we know, what was your life like? <laughs> yeah, so I, um, I, straight out of college, I did instruction and course development for this uh, company. They had a piece of software uh, that did uh, computer networking uh, troubleshooting. And uh, so I worked for them for a few years and then later uh, got into this. I guess this would have been around 2001, got into designing and uh, installing wireless networks. So I would do a lot mm. of uh, walking around a hospital trying to figure out nice. how many radios they need to cover to provide the coverage they need or troubleshooting mm -hmm. problems. Um, you know, that, that kind of thing. We did that for... I did that for up until like 2018. Uh, oh, wow. When I, that was when I quit my, my day job. It was, I think, January 2018 and uh, went full time. Wow. wow. <laughs> I didn't know any of this. I think in 2018, you were already doing a lot of content anyway. So that was like content on top of the job. And yeah, we so all know was, it's a lot. I was making yeah. it in my spare time. Um, I did work out of my home, so that made it easier. Okay. And then in addition, uh, about a year and a half before I went full time. So I had still been making content, um, but there was a really slow stretch where I didn't have a lot of work to do. And I actually kind of thought I was going to get fired, not fired, but, you know, mm. I was gonna, they were going to be like, well, OK. Um, yeah. And uh, after about six, so I was just making videos. <laughs> Most of the time I was just, I was like, well, if you got work, send me work. And there was no work to do. Mm. And I would made a lot of content. And then um, I actually was on the verge of, of deciding to quit and go full time when we got a big contract. And it was going to be like a one year contract with a whole bunch of work. And mm -hmm. I thought, you know, after they kept me hired and continued to pay me for doing nothing for six months, uh, for me to quit right when we just got this big contract and finally the company's, you know, got some business, didn't feel right. So I stayed on mm. for a year. Uh, wow. I said, I'll give it a one more year. Uh, and uh, then that was when I quit. Um, but uh, mm. yeah, definitely having that time to make content when I was getting paid to uh, do nothing, <laughs> more or less, <laughs> was helpful. That's, 
That's I, I had no idea um, that you waited that long to be full time. Was that scary to, to go full time FPV? Well, I mean, no. Yes. I mean, obviously, there's a, a risk there. Um, but uh, I really wanted to do it. Uh, I was like, the, the real question was whether it was the right decision to go full time or to keep my day job and continue to work, you know, on the side, because obviously now you're pulling two paychecks. But I decided mm -hmm. I really wanted to have all the spare time to work on this. That's all I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as at the time that I quit, the income from YouTube, Patreon, all the other, all the income streams related to FPV had gotten out to the point where it was about as much as my paycheck. So I basically doubled my paycheck. Mm. And I, when I, I didn't even realize that. I was just sort of, mm. you know, grinding and working and not really looking at the numbers. And one day I looked at the numbers and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, I could just quit my job. Uh, because yeah. I don't feel like my spending had really gone up. I hadn't noticed that. All, I mean, like I was able to buy stuff for FPV. I didn't stress about, oh, I need to buy some motors or a frame or a product for review. It was basically just money there for that. But in terms of, you know, just our normal lifestyle, it hadn't really changed. And so I was like, I could quit my day job and basically, theoretically, have as much money as I did before. Um, obviously, there's always a risk that it'll change. But I was like, you know, I could probably make this work. So... Hmm. How did your, like, the people close to you reacted to this? Oh, I mean, my family's, my, my I mean, I have kids, but they, they're just like, whatever. Uh, my wife's completely supportive. She's, she's, she doesn't care. She's like, That's yeah, awesome. let's do it. Yeah. That's great. So. Because not everybody, um, like, you know, your age or even uh, our, our age and stuff like that, understand that YouTube now is a job. Yeah, <laughs> so. no. She's completely down with social media and YouTube and so forth. She does. She uh, has some companies that she tries to do you know, digital marketing and so forth. Oh, um, so yeah. she she's uh, 100% aware of how it can work. That's but I don't amazing. think it matters. She's just really supportive. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Because Lexi, you had a bit of different experience at some stage. Uh, you don't have to talk about it, but I know that it was different. Yeah, when you decided to go full-time um, creator yeah but you know for me it was um, I never really had any type of support and everyone was telling me like oh maybe you're a little bit lost Lexi maybe this is not the best <laughs> idea maybe something something you know like this is not a, how a girl should be you know doing things mm -hmm. um, but you know it's a different background but I'm fine the same people now yeah. ask yeah. me to pack them into my suitcase as if they would fit <laughs> you do get I do around. fit in a suitcase. I You've know. done a lot of. You went. You went to uh, Australia. Yeah. Then you went for airspeeder. Then you went back to Europe. Then you went yeah. to Bali. Yeah. Just because. Yeah. You get that's, around. That's my that's Where my situation now? right now. Yeah. Where are you now? Yeah. I'm in Bali still. <laughs> You're still in Bali. <laughs> so I went to and Bali because... for six weeks. Yes. Because you made a video about it, now it's a business expense. Now it's a, exactly. <laughs> That's yes. how I deal with this. I asked my I asked my accountant. She I said, "Hey, I'm gonna do this uh, modification to my car," 
And I said, if I like vlog it for my channel, like people would be interested in that. I yeah. said, if I vlog it for my channel, can I like write off the, cause it was like $2,000 <laughs> in car parts. I was like, can I write that off as a business expense? And she was like, you don't really do automotive content. So I don't think it would be a stretch. Like, damn. Mm. And I look at, I look, you're doing travel con You do travel content legitimately. So, li like, anywhere you travel, if you vlog it, boom, business expense. Yeah, I know. <laughs> in it's interesting. Niche. So, my, uh, my tax accountant actually uh, told me one day that, did you know that you can actually, like, get rid right off of your hairdresser makeup and some of the clothing that you are using for all of those things? And I was for like, sure. really? <laughs> Yeah. So whatever I, I do, I'm like, blowing. can I? Yeah. Business. Right business. Up set up right a company. Right up until they, they decide you've gone too far, right? Yeah, I'm still thinking I will go a little bit too far, and then I will make a video that will be just uh, proving to my tax accountant that this is a, a business expense, and it will be like two minutes right. video of me using something. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing a... you with like all the makeup and like five layers of clothes, and be like, look, I'm using this. <laughs> There's a guy on uh, TikTok. Uh, his channel is Scumbag Dad. I don't know if people should look him up or not, but he cracks me up because. He does these little sketches and he's literally just sitting, eating a hamburger. The phone is set up in front of him. And while he's eating, he's like, hey, everybody, he's doing the sketch. And I'm mm -hmm. like, every single meal this guy does is a business expense. <laughs> he's, it's like, yeah. he's, he's brilliant. I, I, this is a amazing idea. Oh my gosh, yes. I will look great. him up. Yeah. I'm actually doing it too, because there's a lot of food on my channel. So I kind of like write it off as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's really true. That's it. Everything that we put in videos. I have to start making videos again to be able to claim things. <laughs> set up a company. This is the the best thing you can do financially for yourself. Just say. What people don't what people don't realize though is like when you have a business expense, like you still spend the money. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't pay taxes on it. So like exactly. depending on your tax bracket, you might get a 18% discount because you didn't pay taxes mm. on it, but you still spend them. And, and also, if you're not making any money, you're not paying any taxes. Yeah. So like, it, you, there's no benefit to a tax write-off at that point. Yeah, but yeah, it exactly. also depends the structure. Like my company is in Estonia and Estonia doesn't have a, a corporate income tax, so it's 0%. Um, mm. And also this allows me like, if I would be to stay somewhere for a longer time, I can pay myself just enough to keep myself in the lowest tax bracket. Mm, yeah. But the rest stays yeah. in the company. I gotta, at this, I gotta at the same register time, in Estonia is what you're saying. Yes, you can do it, you can do it. For, it's absolutely really easy. I have a video on that. Um, but uh, what I also do is that I became a digital nomad, so I'm not staying anywhere longer than six months. So then I don't really have a tax uh, residence, so I don't really pay tax. But I really don't stay anywhere longer. But the than trick that. is, you still—that's all good. But you still have to figure out how to. It's like, yes, I'll do all that, and I won't pay any taxes. But you still have to figure out how to get yes, income. That's exactly, the trick. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that's the trick. And a lot of people like asked me under my newest video, like, how do you have money to uh, stay in Bali for that long? And I was like, you know, truth being said, it's t cheaper for me to fly from Ireland to Bali and stay here with accommodation for six weeks than it is to pay a rent for a month in Dublin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's just about the, the place. But we kind of drifted off. <laughs> Yeah, no. I want to talk about I was flow state. 
I want to talk about Flow oh, State. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking, that was a right, big project. Speaking of making money, right? Exactly. Yeah, speaking yeah. of making money, Flow State, how was it to record it? Because that's like the biggest thing probably that happened for FPV. I mean, it's in Blu-ray, so it's serious. Well, that's that's kind of you to say. Um, uh, yeah, so Flow State, it's a, it's a feature-length documentary about FPV recorded around 2000. Uh, in in the time when remote ID was just sort of looming, uh, and we got motivated to try to get the word out there about FPV, and uh, and recorded this uh, film. We got interviews from a whole bunch of people in FPV, uh, and it, it just think it's like it's in some ways it's a love letter to FPV. Uh, so I hope you know FPV pilots watch it, love it, uh, but I also hope that like you could sit down with somebody who isn't in the FPV community and they mm. can see what we think is so great about it. Uh, it is, it's available on Blu-ray. I know that's a little weird. Uh, <laughs> it's also available <laughs> on streaming, but uh, my, my partner who made the film with me, James Christensen, he was like, we got to put it out on Blu-ray uh, because the advantage serious. is that we, we control it. So we <sighs> put all this footage on the Blu-ray. The, the, the original edit of the movie was like three hours. Oh, wow. Because it was supposed to be a three, that's like a like, series. It was supposed to be a three, like three forty-minute mini documentaries that huh. were going to be on like Netflix, mm. and then mm-hmm. uh, that didn't work out, so we cut it down to a feature length. It's like a ninety. There's a ninety-minute edit, but there's so much footage that people would love to see, and it's only available on the Blu-ray. Mm. Um, yeah, because all I've seen myself is the trailer that you can see mm-hmm. online, mm-hmm. and um, I was telling Lexi. I would love to talk about flow, flow state mainly because I haven't had access to being able to watch it yet. And yeah. I've, I've seen on the website that it says something along the line of coming on streaming and even people under the trailer um, in YouTube comments, they said, oh, I can't wait for this to be like on Amazon Prime or something. Yeah. You know, and I'm, well, we, I actually shared a feeling. We finally did. So that was, we were, it was such a struggle to get it onto streaming platforms. It's now available on a whole bunch of streaming platforms. If you go to flowstatedocumentary.com is the, is the film's website. Uh, there are some free ad-supported ones. Uh, if you don't like ads, there are some paid ones. You can rent it on Vimeo. We've got our own Vimeo mm. site. And it is on mm. Amazon Prime, finally. Uh, <gasps> oh, but, uh, really? So it's out there. Since um, when? Uh, only recently. Oh, okay. Uh, because I, ha- yeah, I had cause a look <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it just on American um, Amazon Prime? Or I is don't it know about that. Amazon Prime? Like, hmm. let's check Indonesia. I'm just, that's I'm my just situation. typing it. <laughs> I'm looking it well, up now. Yeah, no. Uh, so it's on Prime Video. Okay, because I had some free time this weekend and I know we were going to talk about it and uh-huh. I missed it. Oh yeah. my God. It's not in Indonesia. It's on Plex. I have Plex. It's on Plex as well, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Okay. I think what happened is I, I got... Um, a bit off track after being on the on the website and I didn't realize we could click those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I hope people I hope people will check it out. I know that some people have seen it. The release of it was a little bit of a struggle. Um, we finished it and uh, me, our, our attempts to get dist- we, we may have shot a little too high perhaps. Like we okay. really wanted we had a guy an, uh, an agent uh, who was trying to get it to you know HBO streaming of course HBO now uh, you yeah. know Disney plus Netflix mm-hmm. and we got zero traction and I think we lost some time 
uh, in sort of getting it out there. Um, but uh, it's really, really exciting that it, to have done it. Yeah, Amazon Prime cool. is a big deal in my opinion, though, for yeah. independent documentaries. Because not related, but quick tangent. I really like a French rapper in mm -hmm. France, even though I don't listen to rap music. It's the only person I listen to. And he did uh, two documentaries now. And every time it's been on Amazon Prime. And that's how I watched them. Because you know that Amazon Prime for a bit of uh, independent documentary, like mm -hmm. not Netflix thing. It's it's amazing and it gets lots of traction. So I hope that now, well, I'm going to watch it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. I will watch it once so, I'm back in Ireland because it's not available in uh, Indonesia. Well, that's why you need the Blu-ray. <laughs> I don't have a Blu-ray player. But you have to have a Blu-ray player. No one has a Blu-ray yeah, exactly. player is the problem. I, right? I live I on four suitcases. Yeah. Total. You put a Blu-ray player yeah. in there. No, it's a... Uh, yeah, no, no one has. A, we used to have like actual computers, mm -hmm. you know. But I, I don't know anybody who, who just casually has a, a computer now. We all have laptops, mm -hmm. and, and you can't put Blu-ray in laptops. You could no. buy Blu-ray readers on, some, you know, a platform a and plug it to your laptop. But yeah, <laughs> just like it. But also, no, I'm so happy now that it's. Um, that it's available. So just to talk a little bit about it, because I don't know if anybody listening, if you know they, they've watched it in the trailer, it starts with describing FPV. And I thought it was doing a great job at describing what FPV is. And the person who did the best job is you, Joshua, not because you're the guest here, but okay. I'm just going to explain the context. Recently, recently with my work, we've been trying to explain to p people what FPV is because we're trying to bring it to the construction industry. Mm -hmm. And lots of people are not aware of that, you know, because they're, they're like uh, middle-aged people and they haven't really grown up with YouTube or things like that. So they don't really watch this kind of things and they don't have access to FPV footage. And what you said in the, in the intro uh, of that trailer is that uh, we've all seen this Star Wars scene mm -hmm. where, you know, you, you're flying on, on those bikes and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you and said that's what FPV is. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> should have told that for like more than a year to people because yeah. that's relatable yeah yeah sure. it is although i don't know if the uh, crashing speeder bikes is the best uh <laughs> presentation for construction site but yeah, yeah that's what we not. that's why we do racing it. yeah you go fast and and you have go get close to things uh yeah. it's really amazing the, uh rapid unplanned disassembly event which is rude right yeah. <laughs> but the vision um, of what it is, because people have a hard time picturing what it would look like, you know, and, and just what you said in those few seconds. And I thought that was it, it was powerful to bring FPV to the general audience to describe FPV in such words, because um, everybody have, has seen some bits of Star Wars racing. Sure. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Well, it, the film has a lot of FPV footage um, from a lot of different FPV pilots uh, all around. Uh, and it starts with a montage of this footage to try to immediately give people a sense of what FPV is doing and has people yeah. talking about FPV. Um, uh, you've got oh, just a whole bunch of exposure to the, what we love about it. And uh, interspersed with just a lot of people recognizing, you know, people they know there in the film uh, and just some great, great FPV footage. Yeah, because um, still is also saying lots of people hate on drones or, or are not sure. And then and then when they actually see what we're doing, they're like, oh, wow, that's actually 
cool, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and yeah. the good. Yeah, it's a good yeah. thing. Um, so h- how did the idea was born to make such a, a documentary? Well, I wanted to make a, a film about FPV. I had the idea that it's it's really cool to make uh, this short form content. Uh, but I thought that, you know, you watch uh, documentaries about surfing or skateboarding, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it shows you this sort of, it captures this sort of moment in time uh, in, in you know, and I thought that FPV really deserved that. And, uh, but of course it was just an idea, right? I don't know how to make a film or market a film. So I met James Christensen at a Tiny Whoop race and he, we were talking, Mm -hmm. uh, and he actually had a previous film. He's a filmmaker, uh, Mm -hmm. and had a previous film that he got. It was actually on Netflix. It's a documentary. And, um, I was like, hey, well, maybe you want to make a documentary about FPV. And that's eventually how we sort of, it turned out to be something very different from what I had originally imagined. Um, but uh, what I originally imagined probably wouldn't have been a very good, you know, 90 minute film either. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. And, you know, uh, I didn't know the ID originated um from you first obviously i knew you were involved because i had seen the trailer mm-hmm. but i was really curious to see who who had Came come up with doing such a documentary yeah yeah and and then i realized it was you and i was like oh okay that's interesting another you know important thing for the hobby because you do all this knowledge sharing with us and now you're trying to promote you know the hobby the the art of flying fpv with other people so mm. yeah that's awesome yeah i didn't want it to seem i was concerned that if it seemed like it was my production or perhaps and like um you know uh, we talked to drew very early because drew's a friend of mine and you know he has Mm -hmm. ideas about content creation i was concerned that people might assume that it was a joshua bardwell production or a rotor riot production and then we wouldn't be able to include people who Mm. maybe like, for example, if it had been a Rotoriot production, I don't think Steele would have agreed to be in it. Maybe he would have. Yeah. I don't know. But, uh, you know, there's there's some bad blood there. And I said, mm-hmm. uh, so how are we going to solve this problem? And I said to James, look, uh, you know, I'm going to finance the film. And obviously I have some ideas. I have some creative input. But I want it to be an SOG production. That's James's film company. I want it to be your – you have mm-hmm. the final creative control. And ultimately it's going to be sort of – your production um Mm, yeah and that way he could go and he could say to these people hey look i'm making a film and i sort of intentionally tried to step a little bit to the back uh Mm. i still took my credit but (laughs) uh. (laughs) that's great and that's probably also a smart creative idea to do it that way because you detach yourself from the product and you let a filmmaker seeing Mm. it with a filmmaker Mm -hmm. uh perspective yeah so yeah he had a lot of ideas about he about how the film like he was like well we have to have some kind of tension, and I was like mm-hmm. can't we just like interview a bunch of people and show some <laughs> FPV footage and it'll be awesome and he's like no, every documentary there has to be some kind of tension Drama. that is then resolved, you know, yeah. so we picked yeah. remote ID the the sort of threat of remote ID to the industry, uh, to the to the hobby. Which is real, though. It's not like you're pushing to find a problem. There are tensions yeah. around the hobby. Yeah. yeah, it has to be real. 
Yeah, but it's true that you need tension, quick tangent, because Lexi is involved in, in this. One day she sent me a YouTube video about a guy who said you can do a Netflix documentary about anything. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> he, it's pretty much the plot is someone ate his toast. toast. And <laughs> he's trying to, so uh, he describes the event, how he went back in the kitchen and the, the breaky was gone like the <laughs> breakfast toasts were gone and then you have interviews of the mom and the brother and but it's like in a netflix style mm -hmm. and it's um it's hilarious so i agree you need tension even for breakfast toasts yeah yeah <laughs> well um if you if you want we we might uh cut it short i have a hundred thousand more questions to ask you but maybe if you're free you can come back in a part two sure. but we always try to stay under an hour so okay. my, my final question because i always ask this for the people when they come the first time on on our podcast is like if you if now you had to picture yourself in like three to five years from now like w where do you think you're gonna be <laughs> well i mean there's where do you think you're gonna be and there's where would you like to be um mm. i it's hard for me to predict where i'm gonna be i think re a, a possible realistic answer is that I'm gonna be more or less where I am now. I mean, that wouldn't be so bad. Mm -hmm. um, I I feel like in a lot of ways, my uh, popularity and my success within the FPV field has peaked um, mm. or plat maybe plateaued is a better way to put it. And I, I guess I mm -hmm. say that because like I'm always like any YouTube content creator, I'm always looking at numbers. I'm looking at subscribers and so forth. I have um, 280. Wait, no, is that right? <laughs> 280,000. I have uh, I, I have a, a I have to know. Hang on. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, fine. check don't it. Worry. I don't check know. It. I want to know too. 281,000. 281,000. Okay. Um, and uh, there, by some estimates, the total number of FPV pilots in the world is like around maybe half a million. It's tough to estimate. But I wow. think um, sometimes I feel like in order to grow, I would need to get out of this niche in some way. And I'm really struggle mm -hmm. with that because I kind of don't want to. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's only so much room to grow because there's only so many people who want to watch content yeah. about FPV. But I, I would kind of be happy to just still be here. Like there's always new people coming in. That's the thing. As oh, long yeah. as there are new people coming in, there are people to sort of educate and train and help solve problems. And I would love to continue to be that person. Um, mm. Yeah. So Cause I, I think. I cannot. Yeah. Sorry. You yeah. Can go finish. ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say quickly, I cannot imagine an FPV world where you wouldn't be here telling us the things we need to hear, <laughs> you well, know, anymore. That's, that's a privilege. That's a privilege. I would love for FPV to get a lot bigger. I mean, that's true. If you think about how many people fly DJI drones, and you look at you, there are people who make content about DJI drones, and they're very, very small channels, and they have you know uh, more mm -hmm. subscribers and more views than me because it's just a, such a bigger niche. Mm -hmm. um, I would love for FPV to get bigger, uh, yeah. to have more people start doing it and have more people want to watch the kind of content that I make. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. That's a tough one. Uh, well, I think FPV is growing currently, again, thanks to DJI. I may not like them, but I still have to give them the credit for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah. at the same time, I mean, I see more people like, it used to be like 
five, six years ago, if I said that I, I was doing FPV, everyone was like, okay, what's that? And now when mm. I say that, oh, mm. I'm doing FPV, everyone's like, oh, you have those drones that do shoo, shoo, shoo. So mm. they at least know what it does. Mm-hmm. It's kind of getting yeah. there. So I think yeah. maybe we are now in the time in which it's growing. So hopefully. Well, there certainly are a lot of people out there who are learning about FPV for the first time uh, from mm. some of the footage that's coming out of Ukraine. Uh, yeah. Yes. So I don't True. know if that's... Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess any exposure is good exposure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess so. But it is so true. Recently, someone told me from uh, in construction industry, they were like, oh my God, I saw... And I was just flying a Mavic 3 yeah, that day for, for work. And they're like, oh, I saw those things with the goggles and they're fighting with it. And they're like, mm-hmm. what? And like, yeah. oh, okay, well, I guess now you know. I do that as a hobby. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's my fallback plan. <laughs> if FPV... A remote ID kills the FPV hobby. I'm just going to go work for those guys. Okay. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> well, thanks for joining today. Um, I'm very happy. You know, not not just like uh, for the podcast, but on a personal level, I'm really glad I got to interact in real time with you because <laughs> uh, I've been long, long. Um, time followers and um your video has helped me you have personally helped me um when i was working in a hobby shop and i had people coming with problems i never had seen before and i'm like what's going on joshua what what do you think they did so and you always answer messages um i don't know how you do it but but thanks for doing all of this for yeah sorry for spamming you sometimes Sometimes I just don't know, and I'm like, hey, Josh. I'm glad to help. (laughs) Thank you, Josh. Yeah, good to meet you. Good to meet you for the first time. And of course, good to see you again, Lexi. Yeah. Okay. Thank you guys very much for listening to this episode of Onigiri and Co. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to give us five stars because that really helps us grow. And don't forget to follow wherever you can. Uh, We also have an Instagram so you can comment under the episode here and tell us if you want a part two with Joshua because he looks really interested in that. Oh, come (laughs) on. Me too. Me too. Good. <laughs> awesome. And Thank don't forget to uh, have a look at uh, flowstatedocumentary.com. Oh, yes. Uh, and now available for streaming. So have a look. Don't make the same mistake as me. Ah. <laughs> yeah, you can click those right. things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. See you, okay. everyone. Thank you. Bye.